Whether you're feeling happy, sad, mad, or glad, it never hurts to change it up. Tired of the rut you're stuck in but don't know what to do? Change it up! Life Transitions expert, speaker, and best-selling author, Paula Shaw, will be leading the charge each week, exploring topics that inspire men and women to welcome change and create a new kind of conversation. Join a movement that encourages truth, respect, innovation, and cooperation at home, in the workplace, and around the world. Ready to change it up? Here's your host, Paula Shaw. Welcome to Change It Up with Paula Shaw Radio. We are delighted to have you here today. And we are going to be talking about breaking money silence. There's a big conspiracy going on in our culture. And it's all about that it's not okay to talk about money. But today... Wealth psychology expert Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, founder of KBK Wealth Connection, and the host of the podcast Breaking Money Silence, is going to be our guest. And acting as my co-host today is one of our sponsors, who you all know, Sherry Blair of Sherry Blair Financial Services. We're going to be talking to Kathleen about financial literacy and why it's so important for women to up their game when it comes to knowledge about financial matters. So please stay with us. We've got a lot of important things to talk about today because money is a central issue in life for everybody. It's either too much of it and you don't know what to do or you don't know how to spend it or you don't have enough. We all need to get wiser about how we deal with our money. And one of the best ways to do that is to be able to open up the dialogue about it. We need to be able to talk about it. So that's what's coming up. And I, again, want to welcome you to Change It Up Radio. I am, as most of you know, Paula Shaw. I'm a speaker and a life transitions expert, as well as an author. And my work is all about guiding men and women through the pain and upheaval of change and the challenges that it creates. I use a lot of energy psychology and other mind-body tools and processes, which are wonderful because they just help people shift their lives and their issues much more quickly than traditional talk therapy. So if you want to learn more about my work or find out how to book a session with me, go to paulashaw.com. That's paulashaw.com. Also, I wanted to let you know that you can listen to past episodes of Change It Up Radio And you can get information about all our guests, detailed information, if you go to changeituprradio.com. That's changeituprradio.com. And also on that website, there's information about how you could be a guest. Um, You may want to be a sponsor or advertise with us. All that information is on that website. And also, I want to encourage all of you to keep in touch with us on our Facebook page, 
Change It Up Radio on Facebook, and we have a YouTube channel, Change It Up Radio, and an Instagram page. So you can find us in a lot of different places, learn more about our guests, and and just share. We like to share on those pages the information and tips that can help you all do better with change. Because whether we like it or not, change is one of the only constants in life. And the more information we have to help us deal with it more productively, the better off we're all going to be. So we're delighted that you're here to be with us on this show today. And we, one of our purposes is spotlighting change makers out there in the world, people who have changed it up and are doing things in a new and different way. And one of those change makers is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, who will be our guest today. And since we're going to be talking about money, I wanted to talk a little bit about money blocks. You know, as I was saying, everybody has issues with money. And many, many people have blocks around money. And when I say that, I mean subconscious limiting blocks. And as they're subconscious, most of us don't even know that we have them. Um, There are many different things that impact the way that we think about money. But I want to talk about five of those today. So one is subconscious programming and limiting beliefs. So those things can come to us in a variety of ways, usually something we were taught as children. For example... I remember in church hearing every Sunday phrases like, blessed are the poor, and it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. And of course, you know, people who were helping the poor, like Mother Teresa, were um, exonerated and, and everybody seemed to think they were so wonderful. That plants in the subconscious mind the idea that having money does not associate you with goodness, does not associate you with being able to go to heaven. So that programming goes in there, and it's there, and we may not even be aware of it. But each time opportunities come along for us to gain wealth and to become rich, there might be a part of that programming that goes, oh, no. I don't want that to happen. I'll never get into heaven if I'm a rich person. So that's one of the ways that we can have blocks around money. Another one is family values. You know, in certain families, we're raised to believe that it's not okay to talk about money. It's not polite. It's actually bad social form. And when those kinds of values are part of the family then it's really difficult for families to open up and start talking about these important matters that involve money. Um, Even I've heard of situations where some of the, the family's wealth didn't get passed down after a death because conversations weren't had about whether or not there was a trust. Or, you know, we all know about the famous celebrities whose money has ended up in probate for years because it just wasn't a subject everybody was talking about. 
So family values is number two on the list of things that can create money blocks. Number three, traumatic experiences. So the first example that comes to mind for me is the depression. Most people who lived through the Great Depression became very, very thrifty and very, very careful with their money. Or they were fearful around losing their money. So they never spent or they never enjoyed spending their money. So experiences like the Depression or perhaps your family losing their home or um, someone being out of work for an extended period of time, these can also create blocks to being able to be open to um, accruing money and to enjoying our money. One of the latest things we've learned that also can create a block around money is that the genetic signatures of your ancestors are passed down to you, just like the genetic codes that tell us what color eyes and hair and skin we're going to have. So, for example, if you're Irish, the Irish have lived through famine. People who are Jewish have ancestors who may have lived through the Holocaust. These things, the um, genetic signatures from these experiences get passed down to us. So some of the ways we may be responding around money may have nothing to do really with anything we've experienced in our lifetime, but what our grandparents experienced. I, I had a client once that I was talking to about this very thing, this genetic signatures and, and how these behaviors and, and um, attitudes are passed down to us. And she burst into tears and she said to me, I worry about the Holocaust happening every day. She had not lived through the Holocaust, obviously. She's here now. But the genetic signatures of worry, worry. She was worried that if they didn't behave perfectly, the police might show up and take them away. She had never experienced these things in her own lifetime. But ancestors had. So that's a pretty interesting and, and just recently uh, discovered uh, source that can be a source of money blocks or behaviors, all sorts of different things. And the other thing that really impacts how we feel about money, I think, are cultural norms. So, for example, one of the most common ones that we are still dealing with is the man in the family being in charge of the money. Because, of course, there was a time when women couldn't even get a credit card. And so men naturally were in charge of the money. But one of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, our guest today, both, uh, both our guest and my co-host, Sherry Blair, they're both about empowering women because we're a bit behind, ladies. We're a bit behind on our financial literacy. And I think one of the biggest reasons is because of this cultural norm that has, was so prevalent for so long that it was the men who were supposed to be in charge of the finances. So we're going to get some information in just a moment about a new way to look at that, a new way to change it up so that everyone in the family is informed about the money and everyone is open to being able to ask questions and discuss it. So I'm really looking forward to 
talking with Kathleen Burns Kingsbury and my co-host Sherry Blair in just a few moments. So we'll be right back after this break with both of those ladies. We'll be right back with more Change It Up with Paula Shaw on AM 1170, The Answer. Now, more than ever, it's important for women to understand why they need a financial strategy. Women tend to make less money than men, live longer, and face more financial challenges during retirement. Hi, I'm Sherry Blair. With evolving roles and increasing responsibilities, women are seeking out ways to become more knowledgeable about their finances. My life's work has been to empower women to make good financial decisions today to help ensure you have a bright future tomorrow. I'm here to help you learn more and to become more. Give me a call for your free no-obligation consultation or a second opinion at 619-997-0416. 619-997-0416. That's 619-997-0416. Cherry Blair is registered with and securities are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, is not an affiliated company. California license number... Hi, I'm Kelly Klein of One Trust Home Loans, Loan Coach Kelly. A while back, my business was in a slump, and it triggered a lot of self-doubt and fear, and it even had me questioning if I'd made the right career choice. So I booked a session with Paula Shaw, and after hearing my predicament, she explained that when we get into negative, self-sabotaging thinking, and we are being run over by our limiting beliefs, it's almost impossible to create positive outcomes. She helped me clear those destructive thoughts and beliefs using her cutting-edge energy psychology techniques. Not only did I feel a whole lot better after the session, but within two weeks, I had seven loans in my pipeline. I was so glad that I went to see Paula Shaw, and you should too. It really changed my perspective on life, business, and now my business is going great. You can reach her at 626-864-0756. That's 626-864-0756. 626-864-0756. Or check her out at paulashaw.com. That's paulashaw.com. Cherry Blair is registered with and securities are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, is not an affiliated company. California license number 0 b 42 Not associated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Welcome back to Change It Up. Now here's your host, Paula Shaw. And welcome to Change It Up with Paula Shaw Radio. We are so happy to have you back with us. As promised in this segment, Sherry Blair... Our sponsor and Sherry Blair of Sherry Blair Financial Services will be joining me to interview Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, author of this book, Breaking Money Silence, and actually several others, and also host of a podcast called Breaking Money Silence. So let me tell you just a little bit about both of these ladies before we get going. Kathleen Burns Kingsbury is a wealth psychology expert, and she is the founder of KBK Wealth Connection. And as I just mentioned, host of Breaking Money Silence podcast. She's an internationally published author of several books, including the one we just named. And 
She was voted one of the top nine speakers by Investment News. She's also um, a writer for several publications. Kathleen has appeared on television and has written for publications like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, PBS Hour, Money Magazine, Today, Money, Forbes. Oh, my goodness. I think there's (laughs) nothing she hasn't been printed in. (laughs) And we'll be talking with Kathleen in just a moment. But co-hosting with me today is Sherry Blair. Sherry's been serving entrepreneurs and business owners in the financial industry for over two decades. But she, like Kathleen, is especially focused on empowering women. She joined MetLife Financial Services as a financial advisor, received training from leaders in the industry before discovering her passion for serving women. It was then she presented, began presenting informative seminars to educate women, and she is still doing that to this day. And uh, for those of you who have heard her on this show before, you know she's all about empowering women to grow beautiful financial futures. So thank you, Sherry, for co-hosting with me today with this very special guest of ours, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury. Right, right. I'm so excited, Paula. Yes. Yes. yes I think we both are, and we're chomping at the bit with questions, but I'll let you ask one first. <laughs> okay. Um, Kathleen. Yes. You're there with us. Okay. <laughs> of course I am. Yes. I'm patiently yes. waiting for my first question. There you go. <laughs> I want to ask a little bit about because why uh, women need to break money silence. So you asked to talk about that and be financially literate to achieve financial parity. So what is money silence and how does it impact individuals, couples and families? Can you share a little bit about that with us? Sure, absolutely. Um, Money silence is a term that I use that really describes the discomfort that many of us have talking about finances with other people, maybe with your partner, with your aging parent, with your kids, or it can be uh, certainly at work. And in fact, uh, one of the startling statistics is that almost half of Americans, so 44% of Americans, would rather discuss death, dying, religion, or politics then talk about personal finance oh with their loved ones. Oh, so my God. Pretty, you know, especially what's going on in our world today, that, that's quite a statement. It um, certainly money is. Money silence is really something that I think we need to, to break through because um, not talking about money ultimately really hurts us. Right, right, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's a really important point, Kathleen. How, do, how does it hurt us? In what ways? Well, it really depends on the individual, but in general, when we look at the different ways in which not talking about money or the taboo against talking about money hurts us, Mm -hmm. in the general public, it's about 50% of marriages, right? We all know 50% of first marriages end in divorce. Um, But when you look at the key contributors, often one of the top ones is financial conflict. Mm. And I think that's because couples aren't taught how to talk about money and work through their financial differences, and sometimes that can snowball into itself. When you look at parents trying to pass on financial literacy Mm. to their kids, 69% of parents feel more comfortable, believe it or not, talking to their teens about sex than investing. Oh, my God. And when I present that, I get a lot of looks. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Right? And my my belief is, you know, if they have kids, they've probably had sex, um, (laughs) and they know how to do that on some level, but it doesn't mean that they know how to do investments or be financially literate in a variety of other areas. They don't have a roadmap for it. 
And certainly, just to, to finish up, I think with women, what ends up happening is when women aren't able to engage in these money conversations, they end up facing financial discrimination, whether that's not being paid what they're worth in the workplace, um, primarily based on their gender, or whether that's, you know, they're a businesswoman and they're going to get a loan and and Mm. they face financial discrimination at the bank. So I think these are all tied together Mm. to really have a, a negative impact on many, not everybody, but many people in our society. You know, I'm curious. I certainly remember back in my college days that, you know, one of the big fights was we weren't being paid anywhere near what a man was being paid, right. even doing the same job in an hour. How, what is the status of that situation now, Kathleen? Is it still unequal? Unfortunately, it is, and this is on average, but if you look at a woman who's working full-time compared to a man in the same job, mm-hmm. um, they make about 80 cents to every man's dollar, mm-hmm. and if you look at women of color, uh, that mm-hmm. number uh, decreases dramatically. I think it's like 64 cents to every man's dollar. So we have a long way to go to close that gap, and obviously what we've been trying to do for decades now is not necessarily working, so we need to try something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And well, go I, ahead, I was going to say, I mean, um, absolutely, absolutely, we have to. I mean, it just, when I think about that from, you were saying when we were in college <laughs> mm-hmm. till now, I mean, and and you're saying that the statistics are 80% or 80 cents on 80%. every dollar, 80 yep. cents on every dollar. I mean, and then it's even, what'd you say, 64 for women of color? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my, that's just, that's, it's shocking. That it is really in this is. day and age that that problem exists at all. I mean, I would have thought in the last 20 or 30 years we would have made more progress. It's truly <laughs> well, and shocking. part of what, I mean, I don't want to be, to be a Debbie Downer, so to speak, but I think <laughs> part of what has happened is there's been some corporate change, and even more so recently, where mm-hmm. people, you know, major companies are saying, no, we are going to pay women and men the same. Um, so I feel like we're moving in the right direction, but there's also this individual piece about, you know, how do you learn how to negotiate your salary, ask for your fee, talk about money. Um, All of those things are things that we can do as individuals. And it may be uncomfortable if you're not used to it, Mm -hmm. but with practice, it gets easier. And the other thing is, you know, if if you feel like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this for myself, um, ideally you would, but then do it for the next generation of women that are coming up. Because I really, really think we can change things if we influence this next generation to be able to think, you know, why not ask for exactly what a man's being paid? Yes. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, this generation is so good at, at not really getting caught up in all the differences and the polarization of previous generations. Mm-hmm. So let's um, make that true around money as well. I think that's great. I do think that's great. Is that a topic that you cover in any of your books, Kathleen? Because, you know, as you're saying this about they don't know how to negotiate, they don't know how to ask, you know, for what they want. I'm, I'm thinking, wow, that's so important. Where can women turn to learn those things? Well, I think it, to answer your direct question, I do offer um, tips and tools for people ah. in general on how to talk about money and in particular how women um, can learn what their money talk mindset is, how they can negotiate better. Um, I think my most recent book, Breaking Money Silence, probably highlights those tips and tools more actively than um, some of my previous books, which were more professionally focused. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think there, there's a wealth of other people out there in your life that probably know how to do this, or at least can coach you how to do this. And one of the biggest things that I recommend women do is actually turn to a man in your life and say, how do you negotiate your salary? 
because chances are they have tips and tools and skills that maybe you don't or a different perspective that can be really useful. That's and I know for great. myself negotiating deals, I often turn to my husband and I say, you know, am I being too much of a female in this situation, you know, and he often has a very good um, more rational perspective on it. And it's been really helpful over the years to be yes. able to do that. Yes. Do you feel, Kathleen, that the reason we women have been sort of crippled when it comes to both financial literacy and to negotiating the things we're talking about, is that just because of the way things were traditionally in this country that men took the lead financially, women were supposed to be in charge of the home and the children? I do think it's partly because women haven't had much practice. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, right? I mean, if you're young, you feel like it was forever ago. But if you are (laughs) Gen X or Boomer, kind of like we are, Uh um, it was only a few decades ago where women actually started working outside of the home. And only recently has it become even a topic that women could be female breadwinners and maybe, um, you know, call the shots financially in their house. But we live in a society that is so ambivalent about women, money, and power. Right. And there's so many myths about women um, that it's really important to clear those up. I really agree. Yes, I, I know that um, one of the things that, we, you know, when talking about doing the show and everything and some of the questions that we went over, um, you talked a little bit about this, the, the financial literacy crisis in our country. Mm-hmm. And you were saying statistically that 40% of Americans couldn't pass a financial literacy uh, quiz. And it's interesting because Paula and I have been uh, working with a financial literacy quiz from the American College, and we found uh, that, eight, and this was just in 2017, that 80% of women who were at retirement age between the age of 60 and 75 not, uh, failed, the, failed that quiz. Well, the quiz. Oh, wow. So, That's yeah, huge. That is huge. And you were just taught, you were just alluding to this women, power, and money. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that because you were talking about there's, I know there's cultural, there's, um, you know, the financial industry. I mean, obviously, because I'm in it, I, you know, I'm one of the forerunners, you know, in my community. I'm up there and uh, wanted to do, do everything I can to, to help the women. So let's talk about all those things when we come back from the break, Sherry, because that all sounds like pretty important info. (laughs) I was jumping into it. We'll be right back with Kathleen Burns. We'll be right back with more Change It Up with Paula Shaw on AM 1170, The Answer. Sometimes life throws you a curve. It can be a health scare, divorce, loss of a job, or death of a loved one. And big changes can make you feel stressed out and anxious, depressed, or unable to sleep. Nothing feels comfortable or safe. And that's a tough place to be. Wouldn't it be nice to have someone to talk it over with? Someone who understands why you feel the way you do and knows how to help. Paula Shaw is a life transitions counselor, an expert therapist that can help you deal with unwanted destabilizing change or disruption in your life. Using a variety of mind-body techniques and psychology processes, she helps identify the key issues, eliminating self-sabotage and doubt to get you rapid results. Paula Shaw Counseling is open to all people, all ages, and all walks of life. Big life changes can be tough. Paula Shaw can help you get through it. Call 858-480-9234. That's 858-480-9234. 858-480-9234. 
Now, more than ever, it's important for women to understand why they need a financial strategy. Women tend to make less money than men, live longer, and face more financial challenges during retirement. Hi, I'm Sherry Blair. With evolving roles and increasing responsibilities, women are seeking out ways to become more knowledgeable about their finances. My life's work has been to empower women to make good financial decisions today to help ensure you have a bright future tomorrow. I'm here to help you learn more and to become more. Give me a call for your free no-obligation consultation or a second opinion at 619-997-0416. 619-997-0416. That's 619-997-0416. Cherry Blair is registered with and securities are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. California license number 0B42369. Welcome back to Change It Up. Now here's your host, Paula Shaw. Change it up. Welcome back to Change It Up with Paula Shaw Radio. We are talking about breaking money silence today, if you're just joining us. And our guest is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, who is the author of Breaking Money Silence, as well as a podcast host herself of the same title. And I highly recommend to everyone that you tune into that show because she gives great tips And she's talking especially about empowering women financially because we were just discussing in the last segment, that's been, we're a little behind. We ladies are a bit behind because of the cultural norms and several other reasons. So let's just jump right back in. And um, Sherry, you want to ask, oh, by the way, my (laughs) co-host, Sherry Blair is by my side here. And she, of course, is Sherry Blair of Sherry Blair Financial Services, so she knows what she's talking about when it comes to money. <laughs> All right, Sherry, you were asking Kathleen yes, a question. Yes, yes, uh, Kathleen, we were talking about fi- financial literacy, and I shared, w- I was sharing with you uh, a, a quiz um, and the statistics from that that Paul and I have been using over the last uh, couple shows, and you wanted to share something about that with us? Yeah. No, you know, it's interesting. And there's different stats all over the place. I think right. one of the myths that I, I see, and I think um, I'll just, the myth that I see is that there's this belief that's in the financial services industry, that's in our culture, that somehow women are much more financially illiterate than men. Now, the caveat is you did, a, you did your own quiz, and it was of a certain generation, and that could be a carve-out that might be different. But when right. you look at the numbers in general, what you find is on a basic financial literacy exam that 39% of men pass it and 35% of women. Oh. So we're only talking a couple percentage points. But in the media, in the industry, we're talking much, much more about women's financial literacy than men's. So overall, I think there's a crisis that every single one of us needs to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yet, but also women have had less practice and I think have less financial confidence. And mm-hmm. that financial confidence leads them to not talk about money, to not take an active role in their lives 
or to really say, oh, you know, I'll worry about it later and ultimately ends up, you know, being a negative thing in their life. So I do agree that we need to be focused on financial literacy education, but even more so boosting women's confidence to say, hey, you know, you can know about numbers. You don't need to be an expert in everything. Um, And if you have a good financial advisor or counselor near you, um, you will be fine. And so I just wanted to make that distinction because I think it's a little bit different than what we sometimes hear. Absolutely. I I agree with you. And I'm so glad you shared that because, um, I mean, looking at 39 and 35, the gap, obviously, the percentage is not that wise. And yes, uh, the the quiz that we were using, the statistics we've been using have been particularly women uh, at that, you know, time in their life when they're either getting ready to retire or just have retired. So let's say 60 to 75. And, um, you know, we're focused on that. So Anyway, I, I, I think you made some very good points here, but you also talk a little bit about this idea of, of women, money, and power. And why do you, we think now is the time to talk about that? Actually, earlier today, I just did an interview, um, and one of the things that I sometimes say is, you know, time's up for money silence. <laughs> Obviously, that's a play on the Me Too movement mm-hmm, right. um, and the Time's Up Foundation um, that we're all familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think there's been a cultural shift where women, um, by and large, have said, you know, we're going to stand up for what we believe, whether that's, you know, no more sexual harassment in the workplace, whether that's gender pay equity um, or something else. And so what's interesting is, is as a collective group, we're using our voices more and more. But the pushback is that our society and a lot of members of our society, and not just men, by the way, I think have trouble figuring out, well, how do we think about women who have their own money and who are powerful? I feel as if we're still very ambivalent about that. Mm. Um, Mm. And here, I'll fess up. I'll give an example from my own life. I'm the female breadwinner in our house. Over the course of the marriage, it's gone up and down. So sometimes it's him, sometimes it's me, me, but lately it's been me. And... um, One of the things I said to him the other day, which is not really a very empowered statement, as I said, when you walk out to work wrinkled, I feel like that's my responsibility, that that shines poorly on me. Mm. Now, I am empowered enough not to iron. (laughs) 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 So he's going to walk out wrinkled. But the fact that I still have that belief that somehow that reflects on me Uh, as a wife mm. is so 1950s. And so that's my own ambivalence about where am I in this whole mix? And I think a lot of us have pockets where that stuff starts to come up. Mm -hmm. And you start to think, hmm. You know, I want to be powerful, but I know that people, you know, don't necessarily like financially powerful women, um, have different thoughts about it. So I, I really think it's a double-edged sword for women out there who are negotiating their salary or looking to be more actively involved in their um, financial lives. And you know, what, what do you think, Sherry? Do you see that? I was going to say that um, I agree with you very much on that one, um, just even in my own life as well, uh, and even growing up, I can remember if I was, you know, I have five brothers and I'm the only girl. So if I was strong and, and fought for something uh, to get what I, you know, like the boys did, that was okay. But that was not, that was not appropriate for me to do that. And so I I watch as I grew and, and as into my adulthood, and I've seen that work out in my uh, profession, 
working in environments, institution with a lot of males. As you know, financial institutions oftentimes have a lot of men running them. So, or at least they have in the past. So, yes, I have found 80, that. 80%, yep. Yeah, there you go. So, so I have, I found that to be true, yes. It's like, you know, if you're too strong and you assert yourself too much, then it's like you're not feminine. And I love, you know, exactly. something you had said in here about, you know, just because you're putting out what's important to you and, and being um, authentic about it does not make you any less feminine than it does if you just... Quiet, be quiet and don't say a thing because that was what's expected of us. That's such a huge point. I, that's kind of what I was going to add, that I feel like women get short shrift sometimes because if a man is a good negotiator, you know, he's a tough guy in the negotiation, everybody admires him, and wow, he's a tough negotiator. If it's a woman, she's a bitch, <laughs> right? Or, there, or some negative thing is that's said right. about her. That's right. And so I think that's part of the problem too, Kathleen, that women don't want to step into being perceived as a bitch or unfeminine or all of that. It's, it's right. tricky for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, a very quick story. I have a, uh, a young person in my life and she was going in to negotiate her salary and she called me and asked me some questions and we brainstormed what she should do. And she went in, she's a little nervous, but she went in and she asked for a raise. And actually the HR, de- pers- HR department, the head of it, called her greedy when oh. she asked for more money. Oh, now, I wow. doubt they have ever called a male uh, employee greedy. Exactly. And so this young person actually stood up and said, I am not greedy. I am asking for X, Y, and Z because of X, Y, and Z. She had done her homework and kind of showed that she um, deserved it based on the increased responsibilities in her job description. Wow. Um, she ultimately got the raise, I, I think unrelated, but ultimately this HR director left uh, it was time for, and it was a her, time for her to go. Um, and it really speaks to the fact that um, this still goes on. I think oh, absolutely. The upside, mm-hmm. yeah, the upside mm-hmm. is my um, friend actually started coaching her other colleagues who are all like in their mid-20s, 30s. And so now they're all teaching each other how to negotiate. And so that's where I see the hope of like we can make a difference one person by one person to start to learn these skills and to support each other in speaking up. It's huge. It's just huge. So what are some ways that women can break the money silence, Kathleen? Yes, give us some advice. Um, I think, you know, the first thing is to be mindful and to be aware of what are your automatic thoughts and beliefs about engaging in a money conversation. Mm. Um, So, you know, what's the most difficult financial conversation for you? It may be salary negotiation. It may be, you know, talking about the budget with your partner. It could be Mm -hmm. different for different people. Now, what's the easiest conversation? You know, what did you learn growing up about money talk? So to be mindful and to be aware of what are these messages that you're carrying around to kind of tie back to those concepts you talked about earlier to really bring the subconscious thought into conscious thought. And then once you're able to say, oh, wow, I believe this, then as an adult, you have a choice. Do I want to continue to believe that talking about money is rude or uncomfortable or unnecessary? Or do I want to start to practice it and figure out where is it socially appropriate? Where am I comfortable talking about money? And then build up that muscle and that skill. Um, I do think that, you know, women who are out there should definitely keep listening to your uh, podcast, but they can check out Mm -hmm. breakingmoneysilence.com backslash podcast or go to iTunes for Breaking Money Silence. Every episode we talk about a money myth and we bust it wide open. And not only will that help 
help you if you listen as an individual. If you're listening with somebody else, you can then start a conversation, not about each other's money um, situation, but about this whole money myth. And it's a great way Mm -hmm. to uh, start the conversation in a less intimidating way. So um, be mindful, start to become aware, and then certainly listen to programs like yours and mine that help you um, kind of engage in these conversations that are a little less threatening. And Kathleen, if people want to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you? The best place to go is my website, BreakingMoneySilence.com. There are some free tip sheets on how to talk about money. Um, You can also take a look and get a sample chapter from my latest book, Breaking Money Silence. Um, And you can get the podcast information there. So it's, you know, that's probably the best place for people to go. I'm also on social media on Twitter and LinkedIn. Okay, yes, and the yes. website again is breakingmoneysilence.com forward slash podcast. Oh, that's if you're doing the podcast, but just oh, breakingmoneysilence.com yeah. is the website, right? Right. Kathleen? Yep. Right. Tried to make it easy and simple for everybody. I just want to say Beautiful. her your podcast, for anybody that hasn't heard them, Breaking Money Silence, are wonderful. I love them. They, they just populate into my phone on a weekly basis. And I, and I hear them as I'm running or driving or whatever. They're just wonderful. So much information. Thank you, Sherry. That's sweet. <laughs> it is. It's true. It's so true. And Kathleen, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. This has been invaluable information. I'm excited about your book. And we will certainly be encouraging everybody to get a copy. And I imagine it's available on Amazon. Is that correct? Yes, everything's available on Amazon. And <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Too. In all areas of life, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was oh, fun to have this conversation. Our yes, pleasure. So Thank you, Kathleen. Take good care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with more Change It Up with Paula Shaw on AM 1170, The Answer. Change Jack Gutman survived World War II and then returned home to the hardest fight of his life with PTSD and alcoholism. Now at age 93, he's a businessman and comedian, sharing his message of recovery and hope in his new book, One Veteran's Journey to Heal the Wounds of War, helping our heroes and anyone who has experienced PTSD find happiness again. Get Jack Gutman's new book, One Veteran's Journey to Heal the Wounds of War, at Amazon.com, or to order a signed copy, call 714-525-4954. For those looking to improve their lives, there's nobody better to turn to than Paula Shaw. Paula helps people regain successful lives by identifying and eliminating self-sabotaging behavior using a multitude of mind-body techniques to identify and resolve their core issues. Working with a wide variety of healing modalities, she provides her clients with the most effective process for their specific needs. To book a session with Paula, call 858-480-9234. That's 858-480-9234. Welcome back to Change It Up. Now here's your host, Paula Shaw. Welcome back to Change It Up with Paula Shaw Radio. We are talking about breaking the money silence today. And if you've been with us, you've heard us interviewing Sherry Blair and I, who's sitting here next to me. You heard us interviewing Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, author of Breaking Money Silence, And also, she is the founder of KBK Wealth uh, Connection. 
and the host of a podcast, which we highly recommend, called Breaking Money Silence. She shared some great information with us, didn't she, Sherry? Oh, yeah. She's just, uh, she seems to be a natural with this information, obviously. Mm-hmm. She put it together, but I think with her combination of, of uh, finance mm-hmm. and psychology and counseling yeah. is just, uh, is wonderful. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she breaks through a lot of, uh, like she talks about myths, mm-hmm. money myths, um, breaking money, silence, uh, shatters, taboos, so on and so forth. So I think she's wonderful. I, I really do. But you know how, how strongly I feel about empowering women. I mean, empowering uh, people financially. Mm-hmm. And then I have a sweet spot for women. <laughs> <laughs> and I was fascinated by a lot of what Kathleen shared with us that was really, uh, uh, that I thought didn't exist anymore, like... Um, the inequality of pay for men and women doing the same job. You know, I remember we we marched about that in the 80s and 90s, and I thought it was a done deal. No. But now I'm I'm disconnected. Yes, I'm very aware of that. And um, so, in fact, she said, you know, uh, women can expect to earn 80 cents in a dollar. Mm -hmm. But I remember, I mean, 80 cents is come quite a ways it's it's you know it's still been um i feel like that's high (laughs) compared to where we've been Uh and so i agree with kathleen um 100 percent in that we still have a ways to go Mm -hmm. i mean i i look at the younger we talk about the the millenniums and and the younger generations and they you know i i think they're really going to be a big part of the change Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. In the future. I mean, yeah. and bringing about the change. But um, no, we. this has been something that I've been fighting on and working with, I know, since I was in college. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that. So, no, 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 it hasn't gone away. <laughs> no, it hasn't gone away. And thank goodness. You know, I mean, we're, we're living in an incredible time. We really are. Because one of the other things Kathleen pointed out is that women of color were only making 64 cents on the dollar compared to, you know, what men are making, or 64 cents on the dollar that a man's making. That blew me away. I mean, but it's like it always blows me away when I see discrimination of any kind because it makes no sense. I feel like so many of us are so clear now that we're all one Mm. that I don't understand where that motivation comes from for people to look at others as less than they are. Mm. But... I realize when I hear the kind of information that Kathleen shared with us today, we outwork ahead of us. Yes, There's we do. Still yes, a lot we of do. Work to do. Yes, we do. You know, we and do. there are people, mm-hmm. and and women are one of those groups. There are groups in this country that are not getting a fair shake, and and we need to turn all of that around. And particularly because you've pointed out so many times, Sherry, women are living longer than men. Right, absolutely. Right? And yes, yes. we need the money to yes, live I on, mean, so what, we have to know how to yeah. get it together and how to use it wisely, right? Right, right, and absolutely. And one of uh, Kathleen's statistics that she, we didn't get to touch, but she you know, talks about that people age 65 and older, mm-hmm. uh, more, more than twice as many women as men live in uh, poverty that was based on a number wow. 2013 so that was for you know five years ago but still mm. twice as many women live in poverty after 65 now that's really huge mm-hmm. i believe 
like we we that's you know a, a woman that has been whether she's working in the home or working outside of the home but then all of this you know and then she's 65 or you know thereabouts or a little older mm -hmm. and maybe she be, she's a widow maybe she's mm -hmm. divorced um you know and she's put out all this uh time and energy and focus on other people and here she is and she has to live in poverty yeah that's just sad that is just wrong that's sad yeah it really is it really is and and i wonder if part of that is because of this what we've been talking about today because women weren't really taught about investing i mean obviously you learned all these things and other women have but as a whole, I remember when I was in college, a woman was going to be a teacher, a home economist, or a, or a nurse. Exactly. You remember. Yeah, yeah. And nobody, I, I don't remember anybody I know that was going to be a financial advisor, a woman. Not no, one. No, not one I can no. think of. And yet, obviously, that's turned around, and thank goodness it's an important thing. But I think we also made a really important point today about a lot of women still have the idea it's not feminine to be the one that's knowledgeable about money and handling investments and a lot of that kind of thing. Or that's a man's job. It's just a mindset that our right, culture right, right. has. And she, and she talked about that. I mean, how do we, how do we change? What are mm -hmm. some of the things we can do? Um, and obviously, you have to look at, we have to look at our mindset. We have to right. listen to shows like this. We have to listen to you know shows like hers. We have to we need to read books like this, and we need to be having the conversations. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're difficult conversations, but like she said, I think it was a, a a good idea. So you know, I love the podcast. But let's say I want to even I'm a financial advisor, and there's still areas with my husband and I mm -hmm. that financial areas that he he just doesn't converse with very well. Uh -huh. And I feel like you know, hey, this is what I do. You should be talking about this, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But, to, you know, to say, you know, I've listened to this podcast or, you know, I love this podcast from Kathleen because he mm -hmm. knows how much I enjoy her her work. So, you know, I, I think it would be great to listen to together. Yeah. Just to get I the conversation going. I love that idea. Yeah. And yeah. Because then you're not necessarily just talking about your finances. You're talking about a concept or a myth, as she was saying. She breaks the myths. So that's kind of a nice way sort of a backdoor way to open that conversation up about money. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes the emphasis, like you said, off of yourself or your relationship or things like that, because yeah. we all know that money is talking about money um, with your partner sometimes can, can be very difficult. It really can. And, you know, in the beginning of the show, Sherry, I was sharing the, some of the major blocks people have, why they can't have these conversations about money. Some of them are cultural norms, like we were just discussing. Um, a lot of it is genetic signatures that have been passed down to them from their ancestors. And that's, that's huge. I think that's, that's just... If your ancestors lived through the Depression, which right, most of ours right, did, right. then there are attitudes mm -hmm. about being frugal or putting it away or having that little jar, you know, and or under the mattress, right? Not even trusting the institutions with the money. Oh yeah, absolutely. I still, I still see that. And I have for many years, mm -hmm. uh, the residue of that, that somebody that did yeah. grow up in the depression, like for instance, my mother, she was born right after the depression, mm -hmm. but it was the way that she was raised because it was right afterwards. So right. she has that, you know, that sense of that consciousness of like, well, 
you can't ever waste anything. Right. And still, right. still to this day. Oh, so, yes. And I've seen Me it with, too. I've seen it with clients, many mm-hmm. clients over mm-hmm. the years um, that are older that have either lived through it or they had a parent, they were raised yeah. born right after it. Yeah. And they just, that, so yes, absolutely. I think. <laughs> so I would love to share with our listeners a little bit about how I would approach something like this. Like, let's say someone's subconscious, a limiting subconscious belief, like, like maybe it's a woman has a belief like, well, it's not feminine or, or I'm not smart enough or I don't have a head for numbers or, you know, a lot of that kind of thing. And while it is anatomically true that men have a bigger left brain than women, we have a very big right brain and we're very good at moving between right, left and right. right brain. You're right. So there's nothing that says we can't learn it. We need seminars like the ones that you that you present. But, but sometimes we need work actually moving that subconscious block. Right, absolutely. So some of the tools that I use, like for example, if a woman was holding a belief like, I'm not smart enough to handle the family finances, right. we would have her actually focus on that belief and maybe she would be doing EFT, which means we're going to tap meridian points mm-hmm. as she's saying the things she believes. Right. And what we know about why that works, and all energy psychology processes work that mm-hmm, way in that mm-hmm. we focus on the problem right. while we're doing some kind of implementation or intervention on the energy system. Right. Right. So what they saw in a study they did at Harvard was that when you focus on the problem, the amygdala fires up. And that's the part of the brain that prepares us for fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. When we tap... So when we're tapping those same points they use in acupuncture, it sends calming signals to the amygdala. So it's kind of rewiring the brain to basically say, you can chill even though this reality still exists. So we don't have to be afraid or we don't have to be limited by those beliefs that most of us don't even know we hold. That's huge. That's huge. And I, yes, I uh, I just put your name out on uh, uh, something the other day on Facebook, and I uh-huh. said, if you have these, if you have uh, limiting beliefs like this, get a hold of Paula Shaw. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, thank you. But yes, limiting beliefs are holding us back, and most people out there don't have any idea that their subconscious is running the show. But it is. It's 95% of it's, your mind functioning versus 5% conscious. That, that's wild. I mean, so, that's, I mean, 95%, that's... It's huge. And unfortunately, we are out of time, but we have really enjoyed being with you all today, talking about breaking money silence and opening up our minds and our attitudes about dealing with money, especially as women. So thank you for listening. You can hear us on KCBQ, AM 1170, The Answer, on Sunday evenings at 9. And we're on every major podcast platform And please be sure and check out our Change It Up Radio Facebook page, Instagram page, and Change It Up Radio YouTube channel. So we look forward to seeing you all with us next week. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) And thank you to Sherry. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Change It Up with Life Transitions expert, speaker, and best-selling author, Paula Shaw. Join the Change It Up movement with Paula Shaw as we explore topics that inspire, welcome change, and create a new kind of conversation. To learn more about Paula, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities, visit changeitupradio.com. Whether you're feeling happy, sad, mad, or glad, 
it never hurts to change it up. Cherry Blair is registered with and securities are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, is not an affiliated company. California license number 0B42369. Not associated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.